Hey guys, welcome to episode 19 of CMD Towers Brews and Builds. I'm Mr. Combo number five, and my fellow host once tried to adopt a Robo to be his new pet cat, Big Tuck. What up, Tuck? Well, here's the best part. Hey, how, hey, how are you? Um, so the best part is, I think my cat is probably about his size, IRL. So uh, Stouty is a big, big boy. I'm well, man. I'm well. I'm on day six consecutive of not drinking so for those playing i I like how that's lining up with magic last weekend (laughs) (laughs) yeah usually uh, a few can't do it anymore yeah so uh but no i'm I'm good uh finishing up my last project for grad school so that's exciting and and glad to be done with that complete waste of time and money so how are you oh i'm I'm good (laughs) you're looking very festive oh thank you ugly christmas sweater and sweating like a horn it's gorgeous and hopefully uh hopefully squee will get a picture of this you got a very fetching new haircut i must say so it looks, it looks very nice. Yeah, nice, nice pull. Sh- there. Shout out to my girl Adrian. She's been, cut, she's been cutting my hair for a decade now. Wow. Yeah, nice. I've been seeing the same girl, just like me. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm good. You know, other than uh, I decided to go the cheap route, so I have a MacBook Pro for yeah. my personal computer, and we tried to do a little video editing on it, yeah, but yeah. it's like five years old, so yeah, I just same. couldn't do it. Um, and so the battery went bad. You know, during our uh, last recording session, it was at fifty percent, and then an hour in, it just died. So I was like, "Okay, what's a new battery?" And it was like two hundred bucks at Apple. And I was like, "Screw that! No, I'm not paying two hundred bucks for an old ass computer. I'll pay fifty dollars on Amazon and do it myself. It's not that hard." Right? Did it? Computer powered on, great. But then the keyboard and the trackpad just wouldn't work. And oh. I spent like three or four hours. <laughs> Tinkering, all the ribbons were fine. Yeah, yeah. It, it just found that backdoor Apple programming. This is no third party. Yeah. Stuff. So t- took it into a, a local repair shop. Uh, the guy was like, "Well, I think it's your cable." I'm like, "Well, honestly, man, I know it's, it's it was only forty bucks." Yeah. I was like, "Can you just do it here while I'm here? I don't want to go home and have it not work." And he's like, "Sure." So I waited around for a half hour, and he's like, "Yeah, I think it may be your motherboard." And so, uh, as you guys have seen on Twitter, uh, from our main account and my account, we've kind of been polling you guys to kind of see if you, what do you want to see from us in 2020. Right. And uh, by leaps and bounds, it was video you guys content. Wanting, yeah, they really? want they want game. Wow. They want to see our beautiful faces. Um, well, hopefully they'll just see our beautiful hands. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we've been looking at getting a Mac Pro, iMac Pro, something, and so this just kind of worked out perfectly. They had a trash can Mac Pro there that he was going to throw a 12 core processor in, 64 gigs of RAM, um, and then he had this tiny MacBook, uh, MacBook, and so I just kind of <laughs> yeah, we, we just kind of worked out a deal, paid a couple grand, but got great. two new computers. I'm taking my computer there twice to get fixed. Is that it? that one that's awesome. just on Johnson Drive? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I just, the outlet it says like outlet. Yep. Yeah, the dude yeah, I just did the repair and analysis for free. He just said charge me parts for it. It was yeah. great. Yeah, Good so uh, yeah, that that was pretty much my week, you know, just spending a couple thousand dollars, sure. and that comes after I already had to replace the water heater in my house, which was a couple grand. It's been a pricey, so, pricey, it's been a pricey December. <laughs> Don't worry, the kickbacks from Magic are going to be huge. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, and, and of course, we always want to do uh, a big shout out because this podcast and everything would only be able to happen because of Squee McGee, yeah. our fantastic uh, producer, and his company, Richcast Records. What's up, Squee? <laughs> oh yo yo, I actually have a gift for you, Mister Combo. <gasps> I made it. You made it. I made it. Right now? It's a pie. No, it's not a pie. Oh. I wanted to give you the first command tower altar. What? That's kind of sweet. Ooh, I like I like all the colors. What yeah, the, yeah. What we'll, the fuck? We'll post up a bit. Here's what's coming. I need another command tower. Oh, That's the last gotcha. one that I had. I like that. <laughs> Do you Thank want one you. of my 35 to work on? Yeah. So I'm going to. Wow. I started making a bunch of altars. So. Uh, all right. Sweet, man. That was um, awesome. Yeah. And then, you know. Big Tech Gears is coming, but I need a command tower if you have one. Yep. 
Cool. Well, no, I super appreciate it. Um, and then, of course, you know, we are sponsored by Level One Gaming. It's this amazing LGS here in the Midwest. They sell board games, magic cards, and in the future, potentially, we'll be home to some CMD Tower merch. It's going to be Ooh. sweet. Yeah, we actually already got the playmats in, guys. There, I will they admit, are, yeah, I was... They're incredible. So yeah. they have a really good texture. They got a good grip on the back of them. So they're, yeah, they're really they're nice. Be really sweet. around the whole outside. And Mr. Combo, correct me if I'm wrong. This will air. This episode will air before the before the debate later correct. this month. Correct. Correct. So if you're going to be coming to the debate, those may be available. Yeah, for maybe. We're, we're, yeah, we're kind of working it out with uh, level one um, right. at the moment. But you know, if you guys are interested in one, you can just hit me up on Twitter. You yeah, know yeah. How to do that. You can kind um, of put them in there. So. Uh, but you can also just head over to level1gaming.com, and if you place an order, just mention CMD Tower in the notes. Just let them know that you came from the collective. Uh, they also have a TCG player storefront as well, and actually, I was kind of impressed with this. They boast a 99% accuracy rating Wow, what's on TCG wow. player and what's actually that's in stock. That's really good. Yeah, because I can't tell you how many times I've placed an order, and then the store messages yeah. me, hey, sorry. So actually, that, oh, happened. that, that, that happened. That kills me. I think I said this, or maybe I said this on Sunday, but yeah, there's I was getting a Butcher of Malakir, which turns out it didn't even need so not only did they cancel it refund me they also gave me a dollar for like future purposes so i was like great right, cool. <laughs> yeah i'll take that um and of course we want to give a big shout out to the now disbanded pink royal R.I.P. Um, and of course stay tuned till the end guys to get details on how you can win a big top god of yeah. bruise edh deck provided by level one gaming in december's contest so Brews and Builds is our deck tech series. It's all about the decks that Big Tuck and I have in our Path to 32. Each podcast, we're going to talk about one of those Path to 32 <clears> decks, but hey, in a cool manner of brewing some brewskis. So we kind of broke this down into four different categories. The first one's to be ramp and setting your board state. That's called the grain build. Yes, and grains are the foundation of a beer. They include both base malts and specialty malts, usually in a 60-40 ratio. This helps with color, taste, and most importantly, alcohol content of a beer. For example, the Seasons Changing Brown Ale I just brewed has a little bit of chocolate malt in it. Ooh. And that's called a specialty malt. Decks also need ways to grow, stabilize, and ramp into your bigger threats. And just like a grain profile, they're usually a mix of staples and specialty cards. The next one's going to be, how does your board interact with the person to the left, right, in front, or maybe even across a Jimungus table if you're in an iPod game? That's called the hop profile. Yes, and hops give the beer its patented bitter and herbal floral flavors. They grow in a variety of strands and help distinguish subcategories like IPAs. Our hop choices help clear and interact with the board so your deck can do what it wants. The next one's going to be, how do you actually win a game so you can go home and probably play that new Star Wars Fallen Jedi Order, which is sick. I've heard, I've heard good things. Uh, that's called yeast. Yes, and yeast are actual living microorganisms that eat the sugar that's produced from boiling the grains and poop out alcohol and CO2. It adds the alcohol content and the carbonation. Without yeast, you'd be drinking flat sugar water. Without yeast cards in your deck, uh, it wouldn't meet the actual goal of winning the game. And then the last thing to kind of make your deck kind of come together, we got shenanigans. These could be pet cards or synergies that are in the deck that could just be fun. You have nostalgia with it. It's called the spice package. Yes, and not every beer has them, but spices and other additives help separate a normal stock beer from a specialty one. It could be the pepper that turns a stout into a jalapeno stout or the addition of fermenting in a barrel to make a barrel-aged stout. Ooh, Ooh, that sounds cool. Not every deck has something that makes it pop, but if it does, this is where we generally talk about it. Yep, and then to kind of wrap up the podcast, guys, we're going to have a bottle capping. These are going to be Big Tucks, myself, and our special guest when they appear on the podcast, which I guess it's kind of given away. We have yeah. one on there. He's <laughs> yeah. kind of like our looming overlord. Yeah, you may, you may have uh, heard him chuckling earlier. <laughs> but these are going to be recommendations to the deck that are under 5 bucks, under $50, and a personal re- recommendation that has zero budget. The only restriction is it has to 
be a utility not, land. Well, but I can't say the only restriction is it has to be a utility land because it makes it sound like you can only do a utility right. land. So if you do lands, it has, has to be. The, we we got to make a better. Yeah, we really got to work on that. Yeah, but we got to. No, no, some, but it can tap. Some of them do tap for mana like a wasteland. Oh, example. it needs that evergreen or yeah, extra it, ability. It needs to have yeah, a non mana okay. ability. <laughs> a land with a non mana ability. I was about to say we need to put some pen and pen to paper on this, but I haven't written anything down yeah, in like yeah. a decade. My hand. So I guess I have to do finger to plastic this. Yes. So millennials. The old digital treatment. So without further ado guys let's get brewing we got a super special guest today uh he has the sweetest twitter handle uh it's mtg lord of leaves sir brian what's going on hey, brian? Hey, brian. how y'all doing Oh, we're 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 doing we're doing. Yeah, another another nice day here. Sweating in the, in the, in the basement, basement again yeah. on a Saturday. Yeah, I definitely picked the wrong day to wear a sweater. You could just take it off. <laughs> I have nothing on underneath. Are you kidding? Why would I wear something underneath? Like a t-shirt? Or Why would I wear I a t-shirt? The biggest piece of clothing that I have. He just brings me a towel. Wow, <laughs> a robe. Anyway, thanks for joining us today, Brian. It's it's a pleasure to have you on on the cast. And uh, we learned earlier that. There's actual people out there that are listening to the podcast. We're happy to be talking to one of them. Yeah. um, Y'all are a blast to listen to. And uh, the first thing I'd like to say is uh, in in honor of all the Vorthoses out there, you can suck it, Big Top. (laughs) I like it. I like it. A little little taste of my own medicine, eh? So, so, uh, Brian, Tuck and I were having a conversation precast around what Vorthos is. So, because I didn't know what it was, and so I Googled it, but then I said it to him, and yeah. he was like, I think I it's something, it something else. So, can you can you kind of say for all of our listeners, what is a Vorthos? What would you say you are? A Vorthos is someone who, like, finds enjoyment out of the lore or flavor aspects of the game, meaning, like, the story behind the cards, or even the art on the cards. Um, so, some people like to tell stories with their EDH decks, like they'll have a theme based around the art of the of a of an EDH deck, or they will um, maybe you know build they'll they'll find all the story elements around a specific character, maybe their commander, or maybe a, a different card in the deck. So th- those are the that's, those are my people, I guess. Gotcha. So, let, so now I get to say, "Suck it, Mister Combo," because <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I said. Yeah, yeah you know, and because because I had basically Googled it, and someone was like, "What is Vorthos MTG?" And I basically stopped after the first uh, five words. I said, "Vorthos <laughs> is a flavor player," and I was like, "Oh, they just Got like it. flavorful decks." And then I was done. And then Tuck was like, "No, it's like story and lore, and it kind of goes." So into you're like me. You so. read the first sentence of a paragraph, and then just assume yeah. that the rest of it's going to be in line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, uh, anyways, we're doing one of your decks today so why don't you give us the name of your deck and who's the general and why don't you give everyone a little ten thousand foot overview of how this deck came to be so my commander is Rillin of the claw um it is a dragon tribal deck um it's mono Love red it. um of the claw is a five casting cost um Vyashano legend uh, he's a three four that has the ability uh double red and one colorless or generic, uh, search your library for a dragon card and put it into play as though it were just played. Shuffle your library afterwards. This creature is unaffected by summoning sickness and remove the creature from the game at the end of turn. So basically, it's a toolbox uh, dragon deck, but it, it does a lot of powerful things while trying to accelerate with the early game with various mana rocks or mana doublers. And it's trying to accelerate into Zerillin, so he's looking through your deck, trying to control the board with various dragons that are able to sweep the earth with their flames and eventually take everybody out by either creating a bunch of dragon tokens or just blasting people 
into orbit with like war storm surge, um, sure. various other direct damage to the face or just beating face with big, big dragons. Okay, so I actually I have a comment, not insulting the commander at all, but this just seems like a worse scion of the Ur Dragon. Because like Scion becomes a copy, <laughs> it, like it, it toolboxes, it throws it to the graveyard, it doesn't get exiled. So can, can you kind of explain, you know, what what are what what kind of makes Zerillion? Is it more of a flavor thing, and that's why you kind of went down this path because you are a part of the Vorthos, or is there something else that kind of makes him special over Scion? Or it's just I don't want to spend ten grand for a land base for five yeah, color exactly. dragons. <laughs> well, this is part of my path to thirty-two of my own. Um, I've completed. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Congratulations. Um, yeah, he's my mono red, and sure. On top of that, he's not very common, so it's something mm-hmm. that people may not necessarily. I mean, once they read the card, they kind of expect they can they see what's coming. But yeah, sure, um, sure. It, it's a very different style of deck, and it also. Um, Scion doesn't allow a lot of interaction at in- at instant speed. Like he can turn into things and do a lot of upfront brutal damage, like double striking or whatever. But sure. Zerillin is much more of a toolbox in that he doesn't rely on the graveyard. So like, there's no graveyard mm-hmm. shenanigans. There, well, there are some, but there's not. It's not built around any kind of reanimation or yeah. It, it's it, yeah. it just allows me to do things at instant speed or just do things during my main phase, but. People like it, it. There are some symmetries because you are looking through your deck for dragons. It's just sure. how the dragons are affecting the board is a little bit different than how Sign of the Year Dragon does. Okay, that's so, fair. So I have two comments on this. Mentioned show Australian Alex has a version of this that also wrecks. So I've seen this out in the wild and know how powerful it is. And second, uh, we've made several mentions of how I need to start wearing my glasses more. <laughs> and it took me till you just said that this is a Via Shano legend yep. to realize that the dragon on the artwork is not the actual Zerillion. It's the Via Shano in front of him. Yeah. I just now noticed that for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So it looks like I need to go to the, uh, the optometrist. optometrist? Yeah. yeah, there we go. I believe they have this thing called LASIK. I uh, yeah. I don't like lasers, man. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to deal with them, though. You just kind of sit there, and yeah. then it's all fine. So, kind of going over, you know, a little bit of the notes on the deck. Your CMC is 4.1, but I think it's that high because you're probably very rarely casting those big dragons for their true cost. Would you say that's fair to say? That's definitely fair to say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your mana base, believe it or not, is solid. I wonder why. Big Talk, why would his mana base be solid? <sighs> Uh, I would imagine that's something to do with the 25 snow-covered mountains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, So, quick note on that, Mr. Combo. You'd appreciate this. So, I'm, I have, I'm finally putting in like four decks that have been sitting around into tapped out. And today, when I put them in, I was like, "This is my chance." So I was like swapping out lands. Oh, there you get like the actual like pie looking perfect. So I thought you'd be proud. I am very proud. Yeah. So, okay. Well, is there any other notes you have on the, the deck, Brian, before we kind of dive into this? Um, like, you just, it, it, it's not, it's fairly simple to look at, but there are a lot of complicated lines that you can take to interact sure. with the board that can win out of nowhere. Like, my last game that I played, um, or the last, not the last game, but the second before last game that I played, there was a complicated line based on the board set on the table, and I wasn't sure that I was going to get another turn, so I, I started doing things, and I was able to win out of nowhere. That even I wasn't sure it was going to be possible. So, oh, okay. The the toolbox ability and sometimes the explosive nature of some of the cards in the deck can allow it to just win out of nowhere, and it's super awesome, and I love it. 
Well, I'm going to be super interested to hear that because me and Big Tuck were struggling looking through this, um, you know, trying to figure out what what are the win cons outside of just smashing face. Uh, so yeah, a little, yeah, let's get into this because that east section I think is going to be hopping, yeah, yeah, yeah. hopping as those kids say. <laughs> oh, I can. Uh, you, uh, I'll save it. I'll save it. Okay, okay. I, got, I was, can say the east is hopping. That's skipping ahead. It's bubbling. All right, guys. Well, let's dive into the ramp and kind of setting your board state. The grain bill, Brian. You being this your deck, what's the first card you want to talk about? So, as much as I want to talk about the ramp, I feel like the one of the most important cards in this deck for setting up for Zerulian to take over the board is Sundial of the Infinite. Um, yeah, I yeah, got that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This okay. card is sweet. Yeah, this card is one of, is probably the most important card in the deck outside of the commander because it's, yep. a, it's a two-drop mm-hmm. artifact that says, pay one and tap it in the turn. Activates this ability only during your turn. So basically what this does is that you bring in your dragons with Zerillin. Now, Zerillin has a very important line of text that says, um, remove this creature from the game at the end of turn. Now, what, what you're doing with Sundial of the Infinite is you are putting the dragon into play, and then at the beginning of your end step, the Zerillin, that, that single Zerillin line comes into effect because it's a delay trigger. Now, what you can do is you can respond to that trigger with Sundial of the Infinite. It'll end the turn, right. and it, it removes that trigger from the stack because you it basically puts you at the beginning of the end step again, but that trigger's yep. already been right. on the stack. Yeah, no, that, that, that card's awesome. I actually ended up putting that, we haven't done an episode on it yet. We're going to be doing this with our debate at the end of the month, um, and then eventually that'll get put up on the interwebs. Yeah. Uh, but I have this in my Geared Populate deck because the one thing that Red does really, really well is make token copies of stuff, but mm-hmm. usually they get exiled at end of yeah. turn. So I threw Sundial of the Infinite in there. That way the Kiki-Jikis of the world and stuff like that, Ew. which uh, <laughs> I know Big Tuck's not a fan of that card. But yeah, no, Sundial of the Infinite, honestly, it could even be used as a reactive. Maybe someone couldn't do something or they had to unt- you know, they had yeah. a uh, Seedborn Muse. And so during your turn, they're like, you know what? I'm going to Wrath of God or I'm going to Path to Exile. I'll be like, you know what? F you. I'm going to end yeah, the turn. This, if someone casts Cyclonic Rift, right, on their turn... If it's your if it's your turn and someone casts Cyclonic Rift, you, you can, can just do, end it, right? Yep, yeah, yep. okay. Doesn't even affect it. Nice. It's yeah, super and I fun. think I've seen this played. I think I think this card's really good. I think you. I think a lot of people jam it into decks where they don't need to. Correct. I don't Correct. think this is one of those cases. Like I think this is definitely one that this that this plays a lot. This this card does a lot of work into. Yeah. There have also been occasions where I've brought in World Gorger Dragon to on my turn because oh, basically I, I set up a board state to where I was going to O-Stone everything, but nice. I, I, I used Zerillin to flash in, to bring World Gorger into the board to protect the rest of my board and destroy everybody else's stuff. So somebody was trying to kill World Gorger Dragon with the trigger on the stack, so I sundialed in response. So it took everything nice. off the board and, or off the stack and... You know, nothing was destroyed, yeah, yeah, yeah. but you know, I didn't lose everything. So no, no, that's that's super smart. So cool. so I uh, my first pick is plays right into the strategy as well. All right. So I was telling Mr. Combo about this before we started. Um, I thought you just put this in there because you're trying to be cute. I was like, okay, good job. And then I read the card and I was like, ah, oh, you bastard, you've done it. This is brilliant. So uh, I want to talk about Dragon Mask. Yeah. So okay. Three colorless for an artifact and probably would be an equipment now, but they didn't have those back in Visions. So three colorless uh, and tap target creature you control gains plus two, plus two until end of turn. So when I first was looking through this last night, yeah. like right before I went to bed, I was like, all right. And then <laughs> I like reread it and said, oh, wait, there's more. At end of turn, if that creature is in play, return it to its owner's hand. Yep. 
Then, so again, like that that Zirid trigger is very, very bad, right? Remove exiling from the game um, is generally something you don't want to do, especially in this. And <laughs> usually, yeah, usually, it's usually a negative. Um, yeah. Unless you're like doing some Kaya build. But anyway, so I think having these sort of redundant effects in like this or the Sundial of the Infinite, being able to return it to hand um, is really powerful. And I've noticed too that like some of, I think some of there's, um, some of the dragons that are in here that are some of my personal favorites have really, really good ETBs. Yeah. So if you have if you have the mana left over, so if because Zerillion cast costs five, yep. right? Five. So mm -hmm. the next turn you'll be able to and the, again, this is like the nuts draw, right? But you'd be able to tutor up a dragon, get that enter the battlefield effect, pay the three on it. It's dealing extra damage, bounce it to your hand just to bring it back down for another ETB effect the next turn if you want to. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. A lot of things that You're I looked wrong. into. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Moving right along. So you have uh, been corrected. As someone who plays a lot of commanders like Nekuzar and Arcades and those sort of things, I'm guessing once people see the Virilian trick, there or uh, the Zerillian trick, they're gunning for them, right? <clears throat> um, surprisingly, no. Um, really? What? Okay. Yeah, the, I know that's kind of surprising. So the, the thing about this deck is that a lot of the time, what ends up happening is that. I put a dragon into play, and a lot of the time, the dragon is the more important threat because I'm getting oh, Scourge sure. of Valkas or something, or I'm getting old Var sure. Hellkite. So they're like, oh crap, and he, I might already have a way to make sure that it stays in place. They're like, oh crap, we need to just kill that dragon. So it's either board wipes or like he's not getting killed very often because I'm putting a lot better yeah, threats yeah, onto yeah. the table. Cool. Um, so, also, I mean, would, Lightning Greaves and Swiftfoot Boots help as well. Sure. So. So outside of the the equipment that gives them hexproof and shroud, would you say like the proper way that people should threat assess? So if like you know someone is sitting across from a Zerillion deck uh, out in the wild, would you what would you say that fair way is to kind of target that? Is it something that they should save the removal and the board wipes for the dragons that he's bringing out, or should they? It's just like Zerillion hits the battlefield and it's and like, like hey, zap, ah, yeah. zap it immediately. Um, it's, it's, it's obviously it depends on the context of the board. How are the other sure. commanders in the, on the table or are there other threats? But I, I feel like the biggest way, yes, you should probably kill Zerillion if you possibly can. But if I get to untap with Zerillion, like it, it's very hard to correct to right, have right, a, right. A, a good choice because sure. there's so many ways to attack you with this deck. And I have enough mana ramp to where sometimes I like if the game goes long enough and I have enough board sweepers in this deck when we get to the uh, hop section to where I can make sure that the game goes long enough for me to be able to hard cast these dragons. Right, exactly. And, nope, I, that's and, fair. I, and as we've talked before, like Dragon's Mask and a couple other cards in here are just kind of like they're one section of what your deck like wants to do. Right. So it's good to have even if your commander gets killed, it's good to have cards that are kind of doing the same effect just in case that happens. Yep. Cool. Well, Sundial of the Infinite was my first one, okay. so my second green is a card that only functions now because Mana Burn doesn't exist. Braid of Fire. Yeah. This yep. card's sweet. It's so, also $22? $24.99. Oh yeah. Uh, so, guys, if you're not familiar with this card, uh, it's a colorless and a red enchantment, and it has a cumulative upkeep. Add a red mana to your mana pool, and that's it. <laughs> Uh, so you might be asking yourselves, why would they ever print a two mana enchantment that just gives you more mana every right. single rotation? And it's because back in, quote unquote, the day, back in my day, uh, <laughs> if your mana would empty from your mana pool from any of the phases, you would get burned right. one damage for every mana that would leave. 
So the, there was a massive negative to this card right. because eventually it got to the point where it's like, God, 10 mana, and it's at upkeep. So you have to use, use it, it during yeah, your upkeep. You can't wait till main phase. Uh, so it's all instant-based stuff. But now with this, like I think I saw this on a game night where Jimmy had this card out. Um, I'm coming for you, Jimmy. Jesus. <laughs> um, and it was interesting because there were several turns where it was, it was at like five, six, seven, eight for the cumulative upkeep. And he's like, I uh, get five mana. I got nothing to do. Yeah, right. Just keep moving on. There's zero negative to this. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's And again, you can do you can do Zerillion's ability at any time as well. Correct. So it just feeds right into that. As soon as this gets to three, you're getting a free Zerillion every single turn. Yep. And it's great when I'm able to Zerillion for, uh, what's it called? Moonveil Dragon and do like use all the extra mana on Moonveil Dragon. You have all my creatures plus one plus zero for anything extra. So it's it can get really <laughs> stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's a good uh, sink. That's a good sink there. Yeah. So one question though, it's, it's not in the deck, um, and of course it's a commander standard. standard. Uh, and Ori, I feel like would be really good with a something like this Braid of Fire. H- have you ever had the Braid of Fire to where it's like, God, I have eight or nine mana because you like? All you right, said, Josh. You, 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 well, it's <laughs> like he wants to drag that game out long, so sure. it would be nice to be able to flash out and use that mana for some stuff. C- kind of almost like what Zerillion's doing, but just do it without the right, ability. Yeah. Has that ever thought gone through your mind? You know, it really hasn't, uh, and part of that is That's because fair. I I haven't really had any Vidalcan Orries that I could float to this deck because of all oh, the decks fair. that I have. I think I might own two copies of it, and they, sure. they're already occupied in those decks because I don't do the whole swap between decks thing. I probably should, yeah. but it's one. No, of you're a true. You're a true player. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's no. definitely something that I, I've I should consider because I hadn't really given it a lot of thought in this deck specifically. Okay. That card needs a reprint so bad. I mean, it's, Dude, like it's over like twenty dollars. Really yeah. I think it's yeah. almost a thirty or thirty-five. No now. way, really? I yeah. Think so. Well, like, the good news is they just reprinted Leyline of Anticipation. So if you're running blue, you don't need Veldelkin. Which but is we're nice. talking about red. Yeah. So anyways, we're not. This isn't. This isn't Veldelkin. This isn't bloody <laughs> Veldelkin Ori the podcast. So. All right. Well, Brian, what's your last grain bill? Uh, my last grain is. Uh, Gauntlet of Power and all of the other similar effects. So we're yeah, talking Veldelkin. Sure. Uh, not Vidalcan Ori, geez. Now, now that, that's... <laughs> so, that's all mind. so Gauntlet of Power, uh, Extra Planner Lens, and sure. um, Cage Sun, all of those effects. Basically, this is one of those things where if I get to the long game, I want to be able to hard cast my dragons because maybe someone's been killing the sure. on, on on site, which has happened. Which they happen should be doing. Often. Yeah, but <laughs> sometimes that happens, and I just need to be able to swarm the board with all of these mana sinks and allows me to do silly things with not only activating Zerillion or hard casting these dragons, pumping massive amounts of mana into some of my other win conditions, which we'll talk about in the hops and yeast sections. Great. But what gauntlet of power, but you don't have a gauntlet of might. You didn't want to drop the $500. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll definitely put that on my Christmas list. Yeah, exactly. yeah there you go. Thanks. Just, 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 just slide that into your TCG player card. Maybe, maybe Mr. Command tower will, will throw that to me for Christmas. Oh, <laughs> Oh, there you go. Like it. All right, cool. Well, uh, Big Tuck, what's your last grain? So my last grain is uh, again kind of another backup effect to Zerillion. So I just learned about this, um, and unfortunately didn't get to pick one up for my new Rakdos deck. But Belbay's Portal. Yeah. So five colorless for an artifact. Uh, I believe it's from Nemesis. It's rare. Yep. As it comes into play, choose a creature type. Uh, three colorless tap. Put a creature card of the chosen type on, from your hand into play. So it's interesting because there's other cards that like the mana equals out to to mm-hmm. do this. Um, looking at you, 
Um, Quicksilver Amulet. Amulet. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So What's um, that four and four. Yep. Four and four. Right. So this is five and three. And I think in this deck, because you're all you want to do is be dumping out those specific. Like you're only gonna be using this for dragons. Yeah. I think like being able to pay a little more upfront, but being able to do this for a little less each turn. So now for six, you can do this and Zerillion's ability, which you couldn't do that with the. You can do that. It's like one cheaper to do that than with Quicksilver Amulet. So I like this card a lot. It's also $5, which is kind of crazy. But what have, has this been a good like backup for you if when people target Zerillion and it's like costing 7, 8 or 7, 9, 11? Absolutely. In the last mm -hmm. game that I played with it, um, I actually was able to use this in conjunction with Zerillion because basically I had Dragon Mask and... Uh, Belby's portal on the board. So basically, what nice. would end up happening is I would search for something, dragon mask it, then bounce it to my hand, and then sneak it back into play with the portal. Oh wow! So See? It, it was pretty filthy with spawn of Thraxes. So you, you could say this deck is like an onion because it has layers. layers. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking layers. <laughs> Not talking pawfays. Yeah. Everybody love pawfays. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So Belby's Portal, it, it's a good card. It, it's nice. Um, I'll actually say I have it on my cutting block <gasps> just because I think there's something that's a little bit better. I Audible gas. Yeah. Yeah. We'll we'll get to it in a little bit. Uh, well, I think that's going to wrap up the grain bill, guys. Now we're going to head over to the board state in the hot profile. I'm going to start this off with a card that I am just quite the fan of. I, I just got <clears> done <throat> watching Battle of the Brews. Uh, from Commander Brews. Uh, that's their YouTube gameplay series and their most recent episode uh, at the time we're recording this. Uh, one of the guys was the Mad Bomber. His deck was <laughs> themed after the guy from Speed with like the bomb. Oh, Dennis Hopper? Yeah. <laughs> so this card, I'm I feel better, like, would be a I'm mad. stronger than you. <laughs> this card would definitely be a Mad Bomber card. Perilous Vault. That's my first pick. Yeah! yeah! So four colorless artifact. Mythic. It's a mythic. Uh, five colorless, tap it, exile perilous vault, exile all non-land permanents. It's the terrorist card. Uh, this, this is, is the yeah. terrorist this card. This is a more of a sure. terrorist card than Nev's disc. Oh, for the disc sure. doesn't hit what? Planeswalkers? Planeswalkers uh, disc only hits uh, artifacts, artifacts creatures, and enchantments. Okay, so it's just the planeswalkers yeah. that they don't hit. So yeah, this thing is just like, hey, it's not even destroy. It's just it's exile. exile. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah. See ya. See ya. <laughs> laser. So, um, I, the only, I was, I was thinking about this. I think the only time I've actually ever seen this out in the wild is Mike ran this. Mikhail, I think he ran it. I think, so I think he ran it in his Brutaclad deck. And made like three copies of it. I don't know. I remember seeing weird. that. Yeah, it was bizarre. It was I mean, I could, I could maybe it. see this in a Brago deck. Once you blink everything yeah. out, leave that, activate it, let that resolve, and all and then everything comes else back. Or maybe, yeah, I think it was in. I think it was in his Brutaclad, but that's th weird. He like played this before, and everyone's just like, <laughs> like, just like you do anything that upsets right. that person with this card. It's just like I'm gonna exile everything. But, what you do is you don't give them to terrorists and you just play like normal because they're going to have to burn it at some point and they're going to be, and I think it targets itself, right? So oh, yeah. it's only yeah. a one shot deal. So it's just like, do your worst. I, with these kind of cards, I always just play the same way. So I assume you have this in the deck more because you kind of have those weird shenanigans with like World Gorger where you can like kind of get certain stuff out or you can kind of do things where maybe your stuff doesn't get exiled and everyone else's stuff does. Um, it's a little bit of both. Um, like I said earlier, okay. it's uh, this deck wants to make sure that it can win. It, it, it's, it's definitely going to be, it's a deck that the power level of the deck is super high because of the 
the mana cost of all these dragons. So yeah. I can if if someone's going a little bit too fast, I want to be able to clear everything out and make sure that I can survive to the long game. Uh, there was yep. a game that I played two weeks ago where this exact thing happened. Basically, uh, command, Mr. Command Tower had Ristic Study. Another player had Ristic Study, and someone was playing the Garrett deck. And the Garrett mm-hmm. player hit me for I think it was twelve with a bunch of huge tokens. I was like, you know what? This I'm, I'm over this. I'm done. Yeah, I'm, 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 done. O- I'm over it. Yeah, <laughs> just so I, res- like, hit the reset button. Yeah, I just reset everything, and no one could complain because like I just took twenty eight damage and was like, <laughs> <laughs> now and this is this also a bonus for you because the flavor text cites a dragon. Yeah, I mean all of this. Oh, all of these things add up. It, 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 it's super <laughs> like Dragon Mask and the the flavor text on some of these cards are just amazing, and I love it. it it's that's nice. awesome. Cool. Well, uh, Big Tech, what's your first hops card? Um, so well, mine was actually uh, Perilous, Perilous Vault. Vault. Yeah. Um, so my the one I really want to talk about. I've seen. I've had this dragon before come out. It does so much work. So Horde Smelter Dragon. That's mine too. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> Wait, oh uh, Brian, are these either yours? No, no, no. Okay, good. So okay, we, we still have stuff to, yeah, talk about. Things to talk about. So okay, <laughs> Horde Smelter Dragon, four colorless, red, red for a five-five flyer. It's a rare. Um, <laughs> but so again, it's like not that great stats on the body. It's fine. Six for a five-five flyer is at well, at one point was really good. Now yeah. it's just kind of standard. But for three colorless and a red, so destroy good. target artifact, any artifact. Horde Smelter Dragon gets plus X plus zero until end of turn, where X of that artifacts convert mana cost. So you're sniping soul rings, you're sniping whatever, it's just getting bigger and hitting for more. And it's reusable, and if you have a gazillion mana, this can be, you can get like three or four targets with this easy. Yeah, like I'm a huge fan of the Viashano Heretic. Yeah, we, yeah. We've, we've talked about that on yep. podcasts. It's like colorless red, tap it, destroy target artifact, and you get red mana, I mm. Thing deals damage. Deals damage. Deals there damage we go. Thank you. Converted, yeah. uh, but this is even better because you can just keep dumping mana yeah. into it and just mm-hmm. keep blowing up shit. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. Have you ever just gone on? We always do this whenever we guess yeah. on. Oh, has this ever backfired? Or, hey, yeah. tell me a time of when. It's like story time. But I think this would be a really interesting one because you have a lot of ways to double or triple your mana. Have you ever just gone on a a, a bombing spree? You have this out there with your gauntlet of power, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, your extra planar lens have been like, I'm going to blow up like 15 artifacts. You know, when I first built the deck, the very first game that I played with it, it that, that situation actually occurred. Yes. Like, I haven't had any situation like that recently because right. it's been a little bit slower up on the start. The last few games that I've sure, played sure, yeah. there, the very first game that I played with <clears throat> this card or with the deck in general, that very scenario happened. That's probably why I haven't cut the card since. Yeah, like, for it, sure. I, I I could see that. I actually, so my funny story with this is, this is in my Doretti deck and I used it, I think I used it on like a Spina Ishtar or something of my own oh, yeah. to bounce oh. it back to hand to get it back out or like I did it on something to dump it into the graveyard. So I love this card. I think it, I think it's just a total workhorse. Cool. Well, Brian, dragon, rather. you're the only one with cards left. So what, what's, <laughs> so your, what's your first hot profile? My first hot profile is the aforementioned World Order Dragon. Um, yeah, sure. Yep. It's a seven drop or six drop dragon, seven, seven flying trample. But none of that's important. The important part is when it enters the battlefield, remove all other permits you control from the game. And when it in separate line of text is when it leaves play, return the removed cards to play under your owner's control. So a lot of decks use this with animate dead or whatnot to yep, yep. Inf- go in. Oh, we're, oh we're, yeah, we're familiar. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> this deck is using it as a reaction to any kind of 
uh, wrath spell. So oh. there have been several okay. scenarios where either I'm going to blow up the world or somebody else is. If I know someone, like maybe somebody revealed a decree of annihilation or something like that. Oh, yeah. Or any kind of board. Or jugal hops. Yeah, yeah, sure. That that happens. Like, if I know a wrath is incoming and I have Zerillin open, I'm just going to be like, all right, pass the turn. So there have been people who have looked at me like, why are you not doing anything? I'm like, well, I mean, there's a wrath coming, so I'm not going to add to the board. And then they go for their wrath. I'm like, all right, well, Wargord, your dragon. And, um... All, yeah, and you every, get everything back. Yeah, everything's gone. My World Worker Dragon dies. I get all my stuff back, and everybody has a clear board except for me, and y'all are dead next turn. So have fun with that. Nice. Yeah, that's awesome. I like it. I, I would love to see that uh, Zerillion get World Gorger in response to a rift overloaded. Right. Be like, ha, Ooh. joke's on you, <laughs> and I get my dragon back. <laughs> immediately. Yeah, immediately. yeah it, so. it's, it's good. I've had cool. it happen before, so it's super nice. That's, oh, nice. Cool. Well, that's going to wrap up the hot profile. Now we're going to head over to how do you actually win a game and yeast? Uh, Big Tuck, why don't you start us off? So this is a new dragon that I think you've talked about or have read about it somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, no, this card. This, I already know what you're talking about. It's bananas. It's uh, Seth Ma Flames, right? Oh, yeah. Is this yours? No. Okay, but you said you got wrecked on arena or something oh like? yeah this th- this well i have it in arena for my brawl deck yeah right and it's in my uh, it's the mono red tobrin that i'm running and dude this card just dominates yeah, it's bonker so but even it's, in edh it's good yeah yeah for sure so four colorless um and triple red so seven for a seven seven flyer which is on theme or yep. you know good curve there so when it attacks it deals four damage to any target and three damage to each to, to <laughs> each of up to two other targets. So I have a question. Yes. It's cost seven mana, right? Right. It's a seven seven flyer, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And when it attacks, it also deals an additional, additional ten, 10 <laughs> damage mm-hmm. on top of its seven combat damage. Mm. So that's seventeen damage yeah. for seven mana. It's insane. That so, seems real good. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's incredible. Even better when it's only three. It's it's super yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's funny because if you think like so like Bogart and Hellkite, right? Which yep. I think costs the same, if not I think it might cost eight. It costs eight. Yeah, yeah. So that only deals five once when it enters the battlefield, yep. right? So this does that plus more and it's reusable. Granted, Bogarden has flash. Sure. But this one effectively does in this deck as well, right? With, yep, that's with fair. the commander. That's fair. So there, I can see why you'd want to run this over that. Bogarden, I've never been that excited by. Um, I've never really seen it used that well. Same thing with like a tar- There's an Atarka that does the same thing. I mean, Bogarden's um, in the deck, so. Is it? Okay, yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there it is. Okay, sure. So kind of like a backup to this, um, potentially. But, I mean, if you look at, like, again, we've talked about it over and over. This is one more mana than Inferno Titan and is <laughs> 16 mana better, you know? So I just, I I have never seen this out in the wild yet. So um, it's also, I also think it's cool that it, it's, it sounds like you've had this deck for a really long time. So it's it's exciting to see that you're still, like, looking at cards that when they come out and still slotting those in. Yep. Well, uh, Brian, what's your first yeast card? My first uh, yeast card is Repercussion. It is a three mana enchantment that says whenever a creature is dealt damage, Repercussion deals that much damage to its creature's controller. Now, you'll notice that if you look at this deck list, there are a lot of deal X damage to all creatures or creatures without flying or horsemanship. There's even a dragon um, called Thunder Dragon that deals three when it enters the battlefield to Mm -hmm. each creature without flying. Um, there's a lot of damage being dealt to creatures and I'm doing a lot of it. Um, right. So, cause you're a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> hey, I don't like all these aggro decks trying to kill me, man. All these tokens, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like if you're a token, you hear that? <laughs> all, all these token decks, like I love tokens that like, 
I, that might be a I, spoiler. I love tokens. My my baby deck is my Rift Redeemed. I, I'm partially foiled. Oh. It's, it's, <laughs> my man. Yeah, we I, just became best friends. Yeah, yeah. That is um, also my baby deck. So I, I love tokens, but um, in that game against the Gear Red player, um, right after he dealt me a bunch of damage with those tokens, it was like, all right, well. I'm going to fault line in my upkeep and then nice. So you're going to, and I'd already played the repercussion. So he took 28 damage off of that first fault line. (laughs) I dealt 40 damage in one turn on my upkeep because of repercussion plus braid of fire. Love it. And it it was just like, I did the majority of that, the damage in that game just off of repercussion because it, it, it does a ton of damage. And we talked about this with Sheldon last time, how this yep. is like a, well, if you want to play a bunch of creatures, like you're going to maybe feel the repercussions of it. Yeah. Record, record scratch. I like, it. Cool. like people like to try to put their chump blockers in front of my dragons with spirit tokens. Nah, man, you're, you're, yep. you're still taking the damage. Eat it. Eat it. <laughs> Just eat it. All right. So my first yeast card is... It's a hefty boy. Biggins. We're, we're talking Dragon Tyrant. It's oh, okay. eight colorless <laughs> red red. Flying Trample Double Strike 6-6. Six, six. But then it has even more text. Yeah. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice Dragon Tyrant unless you pay trip red or sorry, quad red. Four red mana. So that's only four turns with Braids of Fire. So yep. mm-hmm. uh and then it has an activated ability for a red. Dragon Tyrant gets plus one plus oh until end of turn. You know, I I'm going to be honest, not a fan of Moonveil Dragon, even though I kind of I get it now with the um, enchantment where you're getting all that mana. I, I, that kind of makes a little bit more sense. But I think Dragon Tyrant's even better because you could get him out, go ahead and dump all that extra mana into him. And he's a double striker. Right. Yeah. So and with trample. And so most likely he's probably just going to kill someone. Um, but I love it. It's very flavorful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not the best dragon. There's <laughs> there's probably been better ones, but 10 mana for this guy. Yeah, the I mean, it's 12, it's 12 damage on the face. Or, I mean, you're also paying three most of the time for it, too, yeah. right? So, uh, yeah, I think it does a lot of work. All right. Well, Big Tuck, what's your next yeast card? So my next one is another dragon that I hadn't heard of before. Um, Spawn of Thraxis. Bam! Is this yours? Two. Yeah. Yep. Is this on yours too, Brian, or no? No. Okay, gotcha. I'd never seen this dragon before. So five colorless red red for five five flying. When it enters the battlefield, it deals damage to target creature player equal to the number of mountains you control. Again, this plus the dragon mask, being able to redo this over and over and over again. I mean, you're going to be doming people for 10. If you get it late game, you're going to be doming. It's either going to clear a huge creature or you're going to dome someone immediately for it. So um, I think it's probably a little more feel bad if you had to if you have to pay for it. But if you can get it out at least once with Cerulean, you're going to be dealing piles of damage. And then again, it's going to come in for an additional five on top of that. So you could be looking at like 15, three mana for 15 damage to one person. I mean, that could be enough to break someone big time. So um, and also I like the uh, the foil altar you got on it or the the foil uh play promo, promo yep. on it. Yeah, that's a good looking card as well. Yep. So I Great. just yeah. And, and it's only 60 cents. So anyone out there playing mono red, that's not that's looking for kind of more of a budget burn or if you're playing this deck, this is an easy pickup in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing that I would really kind of say on it is I like this even more when you kind of pair it with world Gorger dragon, sure, yeah. because then it's going to come back. And I mean, I might throw this into my nickel bolus deck because mm-hmm. I do run a, a, a Gorger animate dead combo in there. Yeah. Um, and that'd be an easier way to kill people opposed to the other dragon where it's like, 
enter the battlefield, deal damage equal to the number of dragons, dragons you control. Yeah, right. So I usually only have like three or four, uh, but I could have five or six mountains. Right. So, all right. Well, uh, Brian, what's your last East card? My last East card is Utvar Hellkite. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> the, the, really t- in, the tokens. Yeah, because <laughs> the Rillian makes all of these dragons come in with haste when he gets them. There have been certain instances where Utvar Hellkite combined with either Warstorm Surge or uh, Scourge of Valkas, it, it will go get a dragon. I'll go get Udvar Hellkite, attack with these dragons, and if either one of those is on the battlefield, I'm getting a lot of triggers. Like, the sure. game that I won two weeks ago, I basically... But the, the one with the complicated line that I didn't see before was I cast uh, or I used Aurelion to go get Udvar Hel- or Scourge with Valkas. I used um, I used Insurrection to steal everything, but ah. it also untapped Zerillion as well. Because, oh, nice. So I went and got uh, the Udvar Hellkite, and then I swung with all the dragons that I got. And also, there was a Kiki Jiki on the board as well. So the Kiki Jiki copied the <laughs> Scourge of Oh my god! So there's everything. <laughs> yeah, the Kiki Jiki copied the Scourge of Valkas. I used Nykthos to to cast the insurrection, untapped everything, got uh, the Udvar Hellkite, copied the uh, the um, Udvar Hellkite with Kiki Jiki, swung in. I didn't even have to deal, go to combat damage because the Udvar Hellkite dragon tokens with the Scourge of Valkas killed everybody on the spot. Nice. That's, That's awesome. What a, see, and I think it's cool. Like this deck, like you normally don't see those kind of like layered interactions or think through them in mono red. Um, so I think that this deck kind of brings an interesting, you know, it's not quite spell slinger, but it's also just not, you know, artifacts or yeah. perforos triggers ad nauseum. Yeah. So I got a question for you, Big Tuck. I know precast before we got Brian on the horn, you were like, I don't know how I feel about this deck. How are you feeling about it now? You I, seem I'm real. On, I'm on board. Yeah. You, you seem kind of hot. For I think it. I looked. I So I looked at this really late last night. And I was just kind of in a weird. I'd been. I've been looking at magic cards pretty much in all my free time because I got that. I got 250, I think, to slot into decks. So I was just kind of like breeze through this last night. Um, but the more we're talking about it, yeah, I'm, I think I'm on, I think I'm on board pretty big. Say he's waxing. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Well, well, it's a little poetic. I, well, I think that's going to wrap up how uh, Brian's actually going to win the game in the yeast. Yeah. Now we're going to head on over to Spice. Uh, I'm going to start this one off because I want to make sure that no one else gets to talk about it because only I get to talk about Planeswalkers. We're talking oh, Nugan the Spirit yeah. Dragon. <laughs> Eugene! Uh, th- this is pure Eugene. Spice because it's a dragon. It offers nothing else for the deck. Now, granted, you could argue that if you have the budget, Eugene goes in every EDH deck because it's colorless. Yeah. All of its abilities are relevant. It passes the doubling season test by a mile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just an amazing well, card. And, and if you think about it, like a lot of people play like Meteor Golem, right? So in, yeah. like, in black and red, for example, there's not a really good way to deal with enchantments. So people play like Meteor Golem or Spine or um, that one. I think it's called, well, I can't, uh, it's it's seven, seven colorless for exile target permanent. Yeah. Right. So for one more, you're going to need to do that sometimes multiple times. Yeah burn people and have like a sub win con in it. So, and, yeah. So, well, I guess I should read what the card does. Yes. Uh, so this is a uh, Ugin, the spirit dragon form. Like if you've heard of say Eugene, Eugene. Uh, yep. costs eight colorless, it's a planeswalker Ugin. It comes in with seven loyalty. It has three activated abilities. Uh, first one is add two loyalty. Ugin, the spirit dragon deals three damage to target creature or player. Uh, I would assume that has not been errated, and it probably is still creature or player and not any target. No, I, uh, it, it is any target. 
it is, is any okay, target nice. now? Oh, okay. Yep. See, I, I always thought when it was just target player, then they did it to the... Or no, I guess if it's just if it's creature or player, then, then that's anything. Target. But if it's just like if it's player, just player, then it stayed player. Correct. Yeah. Fair. Uh, the next one's minus X. Exile each permanent with converted mana cost X or less. That's one or more colors. Uh, that's a token sweeper if I've ever seen mm -hmm. one or heard of one. Uh, you know that Reese the Redeem that you and Squee McGee love. I believe those uh, tokens you guys make have <laughs> colors. How about a minus zero and exile all of it? Yeah. Oh, we're going nice. to chat about that a little bit that, later. That, here that, that's a nightmare scenario for me because I have lent this deck out to somebody and had that happen, and I was very sad about it. <laughs> it was gotcha. not good. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. But then it's last ability, which is amazing. Minus 10, gain seven life, draw seven cards, then put up to seven permanents from your hand to the battlefield. Have you been able to ultimate this in this deck? Because I feel like you don't have a ton of defense because a lot of the dragons, it's like they're there, then maybe they're going back to your hand. Yeah, this 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 card is mainly it's probably should have been in the hop section, but like this sure. card is mainly for that minus X ability. Fair. Uh, and the fact it's a dragon too, yeah, right? And, and it's a dragon, so that 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 tickles my Vorthos bone, but it is. tickles my Vorthos. Oh my. That's uh, a great Twitter handle by the way, tickles my Vorthos. Tickles my Vorthos. <laughs> I like it. Cool. Well, uh, Big Tuck. And also, can we talk about how it's $160 so that, now? So I looked that up. I was like, wait, what? That's the promo version that he has. The normal yeah. one is still like 50 Yeah, but okay. But still is a lot. Still yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, I, I uh, definitely I, I went all out for that for that copy of it when it, when it first nice. came out. So it's, cool. it's a beaut. Yeah. Uh, Big Tuck, what's your spice card? So mine, this is one I like in here a lot. So um, I want to talk about Felden of the Third Path. Santa Claus. Yes. So Santa Claus himself. It's it's topical. You know, it's around Christmas time here. So colorless red red for a 2-3 legendary creature human artificer. It's a mythic. And um, two colorless and a red tap. It's a 2-3, so whatever. 2-3, um, <laughs> it's not a... It's, it's, Notably, not a dragon, but for two colors and a red tap, put token put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature card in your graveyard, except it's an artifact addition to its other types. Again, taste, sacrifice it at the beginning of the next end step. So again, this is another card for me that's just another redundant sort of cheating dragons onto the field, right? So even if you're at the point of the game where you have... You know, you've you've starting hard casting dragons, and then someone board wipes, and you're like, well, I don't really have that many great options anymore, which probably will never happen. But this is just another way to cheat dragons back in post board wipe, post someone targets your favorite dragon, you can get it back. Um, and then this also pairs nicely, much like a cheese to a wine with Sundial the Infinite, because again, it can, you can just end yeah. the turn, keep your token, keep going with it. You know, the a really cool application of this card is also. If it gets to the point where you draw this super late game and Zerillion has died a couple times and then somebody kills it again, you can just leave oh, it. Oh, you, you just dump it. You're like, yeah. all right, yeah. Yeah, you just make a copy of Zerillion with Felden and then use Zerillion's ability since it has haste to get a dragon out of your sure. uh, out of your library. Also, one of the most important cards in this deck is High Market. It's a land that says uh, it makes a colorless mana. You can tap it for that or you can sacrifice a creature to gain one life. Sure. The sacrificing is another way to make sure that it doesn't get exiled. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can just have your dragon go to the graveyard instead of being <laughs> exiled or going to back into your deck with other cards. Uh, and sometimes, like, people are very loath to try to destroy a high market when there are other high-value targets in, as far as lands are concerned, like maybe Nykthos or other or Valakut if I've got oh, if you're playing against Mr. Combo, a guy is cradle or one of those yeah. other. Hey, hey, F off. <laughs> so um, the, the other thing I was going to say, too, um, 
Damn it. I just lost it. That's all right, because I do have something. And I think this is actually a pretty cool interaction. I'm wondering if you've ever been able to do it before. We've talked about World Gorger a lot. World Gorger really seems like a card that just there's it seems. So I will be honest, it was on my cutting block. But then I started looking more into it. And I was like, I think he has more than just the normal infinite Infinite, blinking shenanigans. It would be really cool to see with Felden on the battlefield, Gorger in the graveyard. You could pay three Make oh, a copy of yeah. Gorger, oh. everything gets exiled, yeah, yeah, but then yeah. at the end of turn, everything comes back. back, but then Felden's untapped, you could do that every turn, so right. you could always protect yourself from a board wipe, no matter It's like a protection, what. pretty much, yeah. Oh, pretty much. Wow. So, yeah, that's oh, really good. I, just I like laid, I just laid something on. <laughs> Brian hadn't even heard, thought of that. No, knowledge. I hadn't. It's never yeah. come up, but that that actually sounds amazing now that you That's brilliant, it. yeah. Good eye. So I, I remembered what I was going to say. So with the Virilian going to the graveyard, you're like, okay, you played your Bajuka Bog, you played your Bajuka Bog, you played your Bajuka Bog. Okay, great. So I'm going to move into the graveyard. And, and then someone's like, on. I play Rest in Peace. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, oh, well, even then you have a choice to move him from the sure, the sure, sure. hand zone at that point. So Right. Yeah. Well, well I hope that uh, we he- we hear from you or, or you tag me on Twitter in the next uh, month or two. And I hope you're able to pull off the Felden ward- World Gorger. So I really kind of feel like... With that, it's going to be damn near yeah, impossible for sweet. anyone to, to stop you. So, Brian, what's going to be your spice card? My spice card is Kiki Jiki, Mirror Breaker. Yeah! Boo! Love it! The card Boo! is so good. Like, he doesn't fit the theme, but, like, Scourge of Valkas, Spawn of Thraxes. Yeah! Uh, like, even Bogart and Hellkite. Like, just being able to make copies of them, some of these things at instant I speed just... has been really good. And, like, that game that I, I mentioned earlier where I was just able to go off with insurrection and kiki jiki and zero yeah. was just amazing and he just allows me to do really stupid things with some of these very very powerful dragons that have really cool triggers like the udvar hellkite or, or um scourge of alka's or I'll, even I'll let, war storm surge i'll let you i'll let you combo players out there have this one but you're all on thin ice you're on thin ice <laughs> hey. with your kiki jikis it makes sense it makes it makes too damn makes too much damn sense in the deck there's no so Zor- there's no zealous conscripts in this deck. They're probably true. Be, yes. But, no. Yeah! No. It's it's Boo. fair. This deck is yes. Very, I know. Very I was fair. gonna say. So so, so I'm saying all you Kiki Jiki. Uh, what is it? Diehards. That's all I'm looking for. But that's what we're going. With. No. It's like uh, you're all on. You're you're gonna pass on this one. But you're on thin. Nice. Uh, so que- so question. Since you didn't know about the Felden World Gorger, do you have you done the Kiki Jiki World Gorger combo? No, I have not. Okay. okay. So that, that was that was actually why I decided not to cut uh World Gorger when I was doing sure. my cuts. Because yeah. I was like, what is he doing in here? And so I literally typed in Zerillion World Gorger combos. And I was like, oh, the original comes out. You have Kiki Jiki, you activate it, make it and while that triggers on the stack, you make a copy of the other one, and then that huh. makes yeah. a copy, and then your token copy. Exiles Kiki Jiki, exiles and, exiles yeah. everything, but then the other copy is there, and then it exiles the token, and then all the stuff comes back. Huh. So you get, like, you, you get like infinite mana and ETB effects, pretty much, right? Yeah. yeah. Huh. I was not aware of that combo, but now the double. Oh, well, we are to, we are talking we are talking to Mister Combo, so <laughs> yeah, like, he he spends hours painstakingly putting these Rube Goldberg machines together. That's not even a Rube Goldberg yeah, machine. Really that's not, a, yeah. that is, uh, a machine. You got Kiki Jiki and three mana was so, brilliant. Kiki Jiki, you're back on the block. Yeah, I I, I, I will tell you that I'm not very much of a combo player. I, I yeah, I'm very much. I think this list. deck I, this like, deck I disagrees. A, a lot of combos in them, but this isn't sure. like. 
that that's mainly because you know sometimes you're going to GPs and you want to have super tuned decks, but this is one sure, of sure right, just very fun decks, more fun, I, right, right, right. I'm 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 on to you. This, this seems yeah. suspicious. Fine, <laughs> you're fine. on notice. <laughs> well, guys, that's gonna wrap up the spice package. Now we're going to migrate over to the bottle capping. And just to remind you, these are going to be Big Tux, myself, and of course, Sir Brian. Uh, it's going to be our under $5, under $50, and personal recommendations. And if we do a land, it has to be utility land. So with this being your deck, good sir, why don't you start it off? What are you cutting, and what are you going to add that's under 5 bucks? I'm cutting Horde Smelter Dragon to add Fires of Invention. Oh. I'm actually adding fires of invention as well. Uh, uh, you make, I, you make I, me my beautiful, I, my beautiful baby dragon, and I feel real bad about it. So I, I guess we, Brian, we can just combo this. So I was going to cut Belby's portal oh, for sure. fires of invention, and I feel really bad. So I was on EDH rec. I was going through the data, and I was like, God, fires of invention would be really good for this deck. So I put it down, and it's like, okay, what am I going to cut? And I was like, wait, he has a maybe board. It says fires of invention. <laughs> I feel like I cheated. So uh, you, you did. So, so Indeed, you did. Brian, why don't you read what fires of invention does and kind of talk about why you think it'd be good in the deck? Fires of invention is a one red, three colorless enchantment that says you can only cast spells during your turn. And you can cast no more than two spells each turn. You may cast spells with converted mana cost less than or equal to number of lands you controlled without paying their mana cost. So this deck is very is able to get its land drops because of things like Armillary Sphere or um, Scrying Sheets or other various land sure. cards like Journeyman's Kite. So being able to just play Zerillion for free the turn after you play Fires of Invention and then activate him without having to pay any mana would be yeah. super nice. Yeah, and it's yeah. really good with all the dragons that have random pump abilities or abilities to be able to target things with different things. So... Um, it's uh, it, it's just it, it feels like a free ad. And again, and again, this isn't a deck where you, you're planning on casting 16 spells in a turn, right? So only limiting yourself to two in this deck deal. isn't really that much of a drawback, yeah. right? Yeah, because it is more of a bigger kind of battle cruisery. So deck, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, that's interesting that you're going to cut Horde Smelter Dragon though, because I feel like that dumping mana and destroying all the artifacts is amazing. And like you said, that one time you did it, it was great. It felt great. <laughs> so the reason I recommended to cut Belby's portal is because I started doing the math and I, and I, I did go through your deck and I ran some numbers. So fires of invention, get out turn four. Belby's portal. I think it's, yeah, it's four, five. Right? It's five. No, it's or, four. Uh, no, no, it's three Bel colors. Belby's is five. Belby is, Belby's is five. Fires of invention is four. So you get it out a turn earlier, but Belby's, let's just say you get it down. You have five lands. And then next turn, you're going to be at six lands. You can activate it. And so I started doing the math. On what do you have from a six mana perspective that Fires of Invention would open up that this just limits you to? Because you got to basically pay three, so you only got three open mana right. to do something yeah, yeah. else. Is uh, so seven of your nineteen creatures you wouldn't be able to cast on that turn six with Fires of Invention, but you also get another forty six cards from your deck that you can also cast wow. with Fires of Invention. So that wow. is fifty eight different cards in your deck that's on turn pretty, six. That's pretty good. <laughs> Th that's just way more versatility. Plus, out of your 19 creatures, I mean, you do have Feldens of the Third Path. You do mm -hmm. have Kiki Jikis. You have non-dragons, so you're also also limiting yourself there. Um, and like you said, and Big Tuck said, you're not trying to cast four, five, six spells in a turn, and being able to save your mana to Zerillion on other people's turns if you need to do it, or to be able to Sundial of the Infinite if you needed to use that mana for that, it just opens up so much and to more. Your, and to your point, Belby's can't cast your commander because it has to be from your hand, too. Yep. So yep. that's something else to consider on it. Cool. 
Big Tuck? So, okay. Uh, well, what do you got? I have nothing related to that. So, uh, <laughs> good. Yeah. Good. So we can, we can move right on. So I'm actually recommending to cut ring of three wishes. Um, I like it. And I think it's a really good utility card. Um, I've run it in mono red decks before. And honestly, it's never worked for me. Um, so the one I thought that might do a little bit more work is a more recent card. It's planner bridge. So this came out uh, in the Kaldalesh, I think actually in Aether Revolt. Hold on. I got to pull it up real quick. Yep, it's Aether Revolt. Okay, yeah. So um, in Aether Revolt. So it's six colorless for legendary artifact. Mythic. Um, eight colorless tap. Search the library for a permanent card. Put it on the battlefield. This isn't under five bucks. It this isn't? is $5.49 on oh, Board Kingdom. I, on Scryfall, it says three eighty. All right, fine. Well, whatever. You pass. So uh, I think, oh, yeah, that this has to work. This has to be under $5. <laughs> so you're getting a heavily played version of this. So ring. So for Ring of Three Wishes, you have to pay, you pay effectively 10 mana to search the library for a card and put it to your hand. And you can only do it three times, yep. right? Whereas for Planner Bridge, for three extra mana, you get to put that card directly to the battlefield. But, question, Brian, do you use Ring of Three Wishes to go get permanents, or are you using that to go get your instants and your blowouts to dump mana into and win the game? Um, Generally, it's going to be uh, a Wrath effect of some sort, most of the time. Sometimes it's an artifact. Sometimes it's Nevzdish okay. or something like that. But uh, some a lot of the time, it, it's ended up being like something like Rolling Earthquake or... The split right. second one, can't remember what it is right now. But I think to Big Tuck's point, though, I do think you should make a slot for Planar Bridge just because it basically does what your commander does. So if your commander has been removed and it costs 11 now, it's like, well, I'll just do Planar Bridge and Tutor and basically do the same thing my commander does with zero right. drawback. So with the Ring of Three Wishes has been like one of those cards I've talked about where it's been like bounce. I've had I think I have a copy of it. I think it's been in four decks. Yeah. And it's just immediately gotten cut for other things. So that's just my experience. Um, But I, I could be swayed otherwise through someone who having a better experience with it. Cool. Well, uh, that's going to wrap up under five bucks. Now we're going to head over to under fifty dollars. Brian, what are you going to be cutting? What are you adding? Ring of Three Wishes for Thousand Year Elixir. There it is. <laughs> so I was going to... Thousand Year Elixir is one of those cards. It's a three-drop artifact that says you may activate abilities of creatures you control as though those creatures have haste. You can pay one to untap target creature. Like, the second part of the abilities, or the second part of the card is the most important part for me because sure. a lot of the times the ruling's coming down on turn five, so I don't have a lot of mana to spend. There are, have been occasions where I might have ramped past it and... Like, maybe I can activate it the turn it comes down. Like, maybe it's after a board wipe has come down mm-hmm. later in the game. But the untapped target creature is the most important part. And it's weird because for a while I thought I'd had this card in the deck. Oh. But then <laughs> when I was putting the deck on Architect, I was like, wait a minute. I don't have Thousand Year Elixir in this deck. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was... Do you, at least have, do, you, do you at least have a spare copy lying around? Unfortunately, I don't because when I got ah. the foil one for my wrist deck, I thought I had, the, I thought I already had it in this deck, so I didn't, I didn't, I, I right, traded right, right. it somewhere, and so yeah, and it's kind of, I mean, it's nine bucks now, which is kind of crazy, um, but yeah, I think it's, I think that, I think that's really good. Here's a question for you: If you had another cut, what would you think? And I was gonna put this in, but I cut it. Uh, what would you think about putting in a little mass? hysteria action so it's a risky one i'll give you that but boy (laughs) i have a complicated relationship with that card yeah me me as as well (laughs) 
Um, I, again, deck, you hate to, you hate token decks in this deck, and that seems like it kind of <laughs> helps them a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm very much against getting swarmed with this deck, mm-hmm. and I, I think I don't want to give a lot of the lower to the ground creature decks a lot of extra time to beat up on me. Yeah, sure. My, my deck is That's one fair. of the slower decks that I have, so it, it, it's um, I, it was, it's a hard one. It's a hard yeah, one. Yeah, it, it's. I would have to figure out what I would want to cut. I guess maybe Dragon Speaker Shaman is, but it, it's it's so weird because since the Rillian is a five drop, and like there, it's not super common that I'm hitting a lot of like I, I'm fairly able to get to seven or eight lands fairly regularly. But once right. I get past that, it, it's it's a little slower going. Yeah, so I, yeah. I don't want to give a lot of the haste creatures. I don't right. want to give everything haste because if Zerillion gets removed after I've played it while with a Master Terry on the board and he can't activate the first time he, I cast him, it's right. It's going to be a lot of feel bads. Yeah. And, and to your point, when I put that in, I didn't think through the idea of like, this is more of a, like if your commander, your, your backup plan to this is either one of these other effects we've talked about, or just like, I'm just going to cast a bunch of big dragons. Right. Yeah. And in that case, you're not going to be casting three a turn. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of a red would love to cast yeah, three dragons a turn. Yeah. So, okay, good. I'm glad, I'm glad I came to my senses on that during this very show. <laughs> so also during this show, I had to change my cut for under yes. 50. Uh, Cause I was going to cut Felden to the third path, but then I created this combo. So I convinced so, yeah. myself to keep it. Uh, so I'm going to recommend we cut Bogarden Hellkite. Sure. Yeah. It, it's not very good um, for a card that I think will help lower your curve. Which I am all I'm a big proponent of that recently now that we've been doing this podcast. Uh, and it's actually one of my pet cards. I put it in a lot of decks because I think it just works. Dragon Master Outcast. This oh, card yeah, yeah, is yeah. amazing. So if you guys aren't familiar with Dragon Master Outcast, it costs one red to cast. And it's a creature human shaman one one. But then it has this great text, and you being the Vorthos player, you should really enjoy the fact that it's going to fit your theme at the beginning of your upkeep. If you control six or more lands, create a 5-5 red dragon creature token with flying. Yep. You just <laughs> said you regularly get to seven or eight lands, so basically you're just going to be vomiting out 5-5 five, five tokens. Every turn. Every turn. And then that triggers and that also triggers things like Dragon so Tempest and Scourge of Valakas and all these other things that yep. we talked about. It's too. actually, for being an under 50, it's only $1.18, so it's extremely budget-friendly. Right. But uh, this is a card that, honestly, I think in almost... This could be what you would call a commander standard or EDH standard because our games go longer right. than modern Legacy in the 60-card constructed formats. Um, so you're regularly going to have more than six lands. You don't have to play this crazy mana ramp uh, type of deck to get its benefit. And a lot of times, now granted, our play group has learned because I play this in a lot of decks and people have seen it work. Do you have this in your populate deck? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's in my mono red deck. Oh, okay. Uh, but I've had people kill this thing on site. <laughs> they, they do not let it stay because they've seen like, because then once the one, it's kind of like when you were talking about, and of course I'm drawing a blank on the, oh, it's when we were talking about your commander in general. Hey, do people target the commander or the dragons that come out? And you're like, honestly, once the dragons start coming out, they start focusing on that. Right. Same thing here. Once those tokens start coming out, people are going to burn them. Yeah. Well, they're not going to burn the re- single removal spell on the Dragon Master Outcast because there's this 5-5 five, five flyer. So them, I, yeah. I got to get rid of this 5-5 five, five flyer, but then there's another one that comes and another one that yeah. comes. So. And and then you call your friend DJ Khaled for another one. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, that, I think that'd be a great addition. And like I said, that, that other dragon's just 
It, it's a, it was I think good it's, in its time. I think it's just been out. I mean, we talked about it earlier. It's just been outclassed, right? That yeah. other, the the one that I talked about, the uh, Dracoseth. Is this be- it's just better. better. Yeah. Yeah. Dragon Master Outcast is one of those weird cards that I've, I've tried before. And I oh, yeah. That it's because a lot of my own sweepers hit it where it wouldn't hit a lot of my cards. Like, the all of the uh, earthquake effects in the deck, right, right. I can size to make sure that the ruin doesn't die. Like a lot of the time, I'm doing it for two or three just to swipe a bunch of the smaller creatures off the board. Sure, yeah. But Dragon Monster Archives <laughs> dies to any of those. Yeah. On top of the normal wear and tear sweepers from other players, so it's Bogarden Hellkite has done a lot of work because of the fact that. Kiki Jiki interacts with it so well. Felt in the third path interacts with it so well. It's not the best dragon, but the fact that it allows me to split damage where I can kill like this some this a couple of utility with, creatures. Yeah, exactly. Sure. It, it it has its place. Like it's never the flashiest card, especially nowadays yeah. with all the really high power dragons like Dracoseth. Fine, but, fine. <laughs> take take, take my infinite combos that I give you and crap and on my fifty dollars recommendation. Throw it away. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. Throw it away. Well, Big Tuck, what's your so um this one i kind of went back and forth with after talking with both of you here so i think that in the yeast there's two cards that they both are good but i think that one of them could be moved for one so dragon tyrant which we talked about is sort of on the chopping block as is moonvale dragon um moonvale dragon i don't know if we've actually said what it does um three colorless three red for five five flyer uh tap a red each creature you control gets plus one plus zero till end of turn so, um, depending on how you want this deck to go, Dragon Tyrant's more of uh, a one-shot, one-big-guy thing. Um, and then Moonvale's a little wider, just depending on your board state. But I think one of them can cut for something we talked about on my Marchesa deck, which I think is one of the best dragons that's ever been printed. Uh, not Scourge of Valakut, but Scourge of the Throne. <laughs> it's a mythic. Four colorless red-red for a 5-5 five, five flyer with Dethrone. When Scourge of the Throne attacks for the first time each turn... If it's attacking the player with the most life or tied for the most life, untap all attacking creatures. After this phase, there's an additional combat. Phase. Seems pretty good. So, um, I mean, it's kind of, it's also 20-ish dollars. So it's definitely not cheap, but I've seen this work. I think that this is going to be more of a closer card than either of those other two, um, especially because even casting it for six isn't backbreaking, yeah. considering that you're effectively getting a 6-6 six, six flyer for it. Um, I, and I think it's more of your personal preference, Brian, if you want the tyrant or the moon veil out. Um, I just think scourge of the throne does a ton for you, either getting it from Zerillion trigger or just casting it on its own. Scourge of the throne actually used to be in this deck and I put it into another deck. Oh, um, gotcha. oh okay. I actually, if I could go back in time, I would have just bought another scourge of the throne, but I would have cut <laughs> dragon speaker shaman instead. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Cause like effectively, Dragon Speaker, you want that down early to cast dragons early, but in this one you're casting them for free pretty much, or exactly. it's gonna be or it's gonna be late enough in the game where two mana isn't gonna really make a isn't gonna really make a swing for it, right? Yeah. Exactly. So like that that was uh the Scourge of the Throne was actually my uh, my unlimited budget one. So Nice. Oh, okay. Okay, fair enough. Well, there, oh, we there you go. Well, uh, so, so what, what, what were, were you gonna, gonna cut? cut? Jinx. Dragon Speaker Shaman. Nice. Okay, I can I can respect that too. Yeah, Scourge of the Throne is just freaking awesome. And there's a time where there was like eight bucks. I wish we would have brought bought like three of them. Yeah, but those days have long passed. 
So four score and seven magic games ago. I guess since that was your personal recommendation, we'll go to my personal recommendation. I don't I told Big Tuck that he's probably not heard of this card, but it literally feeds your deck. So I was gonna say cut cut Moonvale Dragon. So I, I think it's yeah. me me and Big Tuck are kind of on the same page. One of those two dragons need to go. Um but this card is better. It's called Townos Coffin. It's four colorless and it's T A W N O S. Wait, T T A W N O S. Oh, Tanos. Tanos. Tonos, whatever. Tanos. He's a he's like around with Mishra in them. He looks like an alien. So it's four colorless to cast. It's an artifact. Also reserved list. And it has uh it's it has some card text, but that's been errated. So I'm reading from uh, Gatherer. Okay. Says you may choose not to untap uh whatever's coffin. coffin. <laughs> during your untap step. Three colorless tap. Exile target creature and all auras attached to it. The aura parts are relevant. <laughs> Note the number and kind of counters that were on that creature. When Taunos Coffin leaves the battlefield or becomes untapped, return that exiled card to the battlefield under its owner's control tapped with the noted number of counters that were on it. And if you do return the other exiled cards to the battlefield under their owner's control attached to that permanent. Basically, three mana, tap it. You see, it's once again a redundant effect to save whatever um, your Zerillion is going to exile. But then I think it's really cool because then if you know you have the dethrone mechanic and there's a plus one, plus one counter on it, it's going to come back with that plus one, plus one counter. Um, huh. it, 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 yeah, and the fact that it God, just... That, it, that is a deep, deep cut. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I, I like the fact that the text says you may choose not to untap it. So you could, you know, for I don't know why you wouldn't uh, untap it so your guy comes back. Um, but it is Exile Target Creature. It's not even a creature you control. So you could choose if there was a troublesome, say someone else is playing Reese and they're populating against you, you could exile it. They're probably going to put it back in the command zone and then it'll just untap. You don't have to worry about them getting it back. Uh, but then... You know, once again, this could kind of feed into another World Gorger combo oh, that we've God. even talked about. So I think there's a lot that this card could do. It's 75 bucks, so it's a little on the pricey side. Uh, but, you know, I thought this would be a cool, cool deep cut that you probably hadn't seen or heard of. And you're exactly right, and I'm very intrigued. <laughs> I color me intrigued. And Mr. I mean, the Colorado. art on it, I don't know if you're at your computer looking at the art, but the art's kind of cool. It's like yeah. she's in this, like, weird... It, it, I know it's supposed to be a coffin, but it kind of reminds me like one of those weird spacesuits yeah, from like the like 70s a huge or 80s. Space suit. That like it, one it's of those like, or maybe like a or something. Yeah, 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 yeah like right. Titan AE kind of thing. So weird. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thanos, I think there's like Thanos's kind of Labra, which is really good. And then there's like another one that was like an early artifact uh, that was a style of equipment, but we don't need to get into that. All right. <laughs> well, Big Tech, what's your personal recommendation? All right, so I was going to cut. I know we talked about it a couple times, and unless I'm completely missing something, you're probably um, missing something. I'm probably missing something. So I'm ha <laughs> I will be happy to be told otherwise. I actually am voting to cut Rolling Earthquake. Um, I normally the horsemanship thing is good, but. Is there something different why this is in here as opposed to normal Earthquake, which targets non-flyers? Am I missing something on that? Sometimes you just have to kill flyers. Like, it, oh, fair enough, yeah. It, it's one of those things where like, I try to do as much um, non-flyers, but there have been a number of instances where I just needed, where I wasn't the dominant Air Force on the board. And I just oh, gotcha. I just up, need so. something to get something to push through. Okay, that makes sense. So, um, I mean, there's a bunch of different effects that are like the X and blah, blah, blah. So one of those. Um, and I thought 
uh, that this might have been in here, but bust out the old checkbook because we're paying a minimum $450 for the Gauntlet of Might. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> sure. It's so good. Are you um, sick? You're yeah. recommending a $450 card? Uh, this one's actually, you can get it International Collector's Edition, which I believe has squared borders. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah that's So great. that is tournament illegal. Um, for four colorless for an artifact, red creatures get one, one, plus one, plus one. Whenever a mountain is tapped for mana, its controller adds another red. So I was going to do mass hysteria, but I've been noticing on like, on my budget, on my cuts, all of them have been like under $10. So I was like, <laughs> it, we're talking reserve the list. Let's do it. And you couldn't find a cool cut like my coffin. Come on, man. I, Step up your game. Again, this was la late last night. So, uh, but yeah, I, like you talked about having a mana dump, getting more mana to do more activations. It's I mean, so this, stupid it's, why yeah. that card's $400 considering Gauntlet of Power is just as good. Yeah, but Gauntlet of Power also has been printed not sometime in the last 15 years. This, yeah. This really is, the latest this has been printed legally was Unlimited Edition. So nice. it's been a while. Yeah. And they're never right. going to reprint it again because it's on the reserve list. Yep. But yeah, so Gauntlet of Might, slam dunk in this deck. Um, I've never seen one of these in the wild, so... I guess you really got beg Command Tower himself to, <laughs> to get this one for you in your stocking. Um, cool. Well, I think that's going to wrap up all of our uh, bottle capping, guys. Uh, Brian, any last thoughts before we kind of start closing out the podcast? Um, this has been a lot of fun, guys. Uh, and I have, have taken some notes because <laughs> some of these suggestions have been really good. And I, I was not really sure about what things I needed to look at for this day. Yeah. I thought it was pretty much completed but you guys have really turned my 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 thoughts on some things that i hadn't i well, had the mr combo big tuck and you had and you have and how long have you had this deck for uh let's see so i got back into magic around return to ravnica got back into edh shortly thereafter so i'd say it was probably the fourth deck that i built wow somewhere so around there so yeah somewhere around uh battle for zendikar so since then okay wow yeah, and I think, like, for me, like, this podcast has been really helpful to talk about decks that I've had for six years, years and I, like, don't even think about it anymore. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know this card even got printed for this. So, yeah. no, I'm, I, I think it's always good to talk about a deck, get some fresh insight on it. So we're, we're, we're really happy. We're really, we're really happy that we, we found some good stuff for you. Cool. Well, hey, guys, thanks for making it until the end. And as promised, here are some details about the giveaway. Uh, we're going to be giving away a Big Tut God of Brews EDH deck. Uh, to enter, it's extremely simple. Tweet at me your best dad joke around Kifkins. <laughs> Tweet me, bro. I, I, we I would, can't, we're not letting that go, huh? <laughs> I, I, I would like that. I think that'd be funny. Uh, but, you, hey, you can also help promote the podcast and the site. Uh, you're going to get an entry for all interactions you kind of do with us on social media. Uh, we will announce the winner on MTG Action 4 News on January 7th and social media soon after. In 2020. Uh, 2020. <laughs> Next year, I guys. Wish, I, wish, I wish I had that vision, man. Oh, man. Uh, and, hey, you know what? Uh, I know what you guys are thinking. We're going to be doing giveaways every single month. It could be a sweet deck like this or a sweet card. Really depends on what our sponsor, Level 1 Gaming, is going to kind of throw our way. Um, but you know what? You can also leave us feedback on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Uh, if we completely suck, you can just blame it on Brian and the Vorthos guys. Uh, <laughs> but, hey, if you really enjoyed it, leave some positive feedback or whatever kind of star review makes us show up in the interweb algorithms. Uh, if you want to also reach out to us and know more ways you can enter into the contest, here's how you can do that. You can reach me at Mr. Comma number five on Twitter, all spelled out except for that five. Big Tuck, where can they get a hold of you? Still can't. <laughs> I mean, we're getting Maybe close we're, to the point uh, where by the time I'm the about to dye my hair hey, and get a sex change and we've then I'll given, tweet at you. We've given clear instructions. 
And even friends of the show, because I haven't given a shout out yet, Tice, Scooty Shuffles, <laughs> Xiao, who doesn't who one. doesn't listen. You're on three drinks for that one. They're all empty. All right. Well, I can't even <laughs> cheat. Um no one like they know that I have this proclivity and no one's helped me out. So but we are just a few short year few short few, weeks few away. Short yeah, a few short ways for me getting Hey Big Tuck, maybe next year you'll get a Twitter. Oh, could be. Uh, but guys, you can do hashtag Big Tuck on Twitter if you want to kind of tag them in anything. You can reach our main account at CMD Tower on Twitter as well. You can go to our website, cmdtower.com. Basically, type in CMD Tower. We'll show up on just about everything out there. Uh, Sir Brian, where can the listeners engage with you and all the different things that you and your podcast do? Uh, they can reach me at, at MTG Lord of Leaves on Twitter, or you can find our podcast at um, we are the Vorthos cast um, we're on pretty much everywhere you can find uh, podcasts uh, and we're uh, that is also at at the Vorthos cast on Twitter so awesome, awesome. Uh, are, is there any exciting stuff that you and the cast are going to be kind of brewing up for 2020 or anything uh, that you know people should be like looking for uh, that should be coming out in the future uh, I mean we're getting ready for a review of the forsaken novel which was you know kind of highly con- controversial <laughs> uh, it's it's something so it's yeah, something yeah. and we're like gonna it. do our year in review and we're we're ready for the new thero set i think this week's episode is uh, about uh the story the thero story as we left it the last time we were there and um that should be coming out monday probably the monday before after this comes out or yep. Monday before it comes out rather before this episode comes out. So, um, yeah, I know yeah. it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to with do the, the time algorithm yeah. with this. So, well, cool. Um, and Hey guys, if you want to engage our awesome production team for your own future projects, how would they do that? Squee? Oh, uh, you can find me at rich on Facebook or Instagram at rich records, or you can hit me up on Twitter at dear squee. If you send me a message and say, what the f- big tuck, I'll get the message over to big tuck so he can get on Twitter and join us there. They do music, they do podcasts, they do have a complete studio. If you are local to the KC metro area or traveling in, you can definitely book a session with them. If you guys are doing your own podcast and you're kind of, you know, hey, we have these great ideas and, you know, like you heard Sheldon on a, on a previous Action 4 News, I believe, or it could have been a Bruise and Builds, can't remember. Um, he, he talked about wanting to kind of help empower the people that feel like they don't know how to start podcasting about EDH and different magic things. I know one of the big uh, things that's a challenge is the audio editing. Well, hey, you could definitely uh, reach out to Squee and, and, you know, and kind of book a session with him and send your files over the webs and uh, he can do podcast editing. Uh, also, if you want to support the show, hook up our sponsor with the order you're already doing head over to level one gaming.com and when you place your order in the order notes just type out cmd tower just so they know that you came from the collective uh they also do have a facebook with a bunch of sweet events happening in the kc metro area like for example the cmd tower debate show that's happening on december 28th that'll be soon released into the podcast next year Uh, three times the charm yeah it is Squee McGee and I will be squaring off on who has the best populate token commander someone uh, on Facebook started doing this argument like well uh, Geared's not really a populate commander and Duff even chimed in he's like he makes extra tokens and he's like well that's not really what populate is and it's like you know what you're splitting hairs man get out of here don't worry I got Brian on my side what a a jackass so uh, you know it's gonna be a lot of fun Big Tuck's gonna moderate it we're gonna have we're gonna supply pizza for everyone that does show up and then after the debate recording all three of us and I also found out that ultra budget brews uh, Andrew from EDH rec is going to be in attendance as well oh Uh, he's actually coming in I think from Joplin right yeah Yeah. uh, he's coming in I guess his wife's family's Christmas is gonna be that weekend so he's 
like I'll be busy in the morning, but I'll come probably like at three, four o'clock and jam out games. So uh, you can definitely meet a lot of different podcasters while you're there and content creators. Uh, but we're going to have a bounty system with booster packs. We're just going to buy a box from the store. Um, and you know what? You're going to get to play us all in games and beat us in an EDH game and bam, well, win try, a pack of cards. Try, try, to, try to beat us. Try to yeah, beat try us. To, I don't yeah. know. Uh, the, the last time I kind of went in with that attitude, uh, just got wrecked at uh, <laughs> Everybody brought their best oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, So yeah. And hey guys, of course, thank you again to Pink Royal for the music that you provided at the beginning and the end of the peace. episode. May you rest in hey, peace. You. <laughs> uh, maybe we need to do a Gideon uh, a yeah. rest in peace card with an altar, but it has the band. I have yeah. a rest in peace upstairs I can alter. Do not alter that card <laughs> brian big tuck any last thoughts guys before we close this out no this was uh, brian thank you very much man this was really this was really fun so it's, thank you again for for joining the podcast whatever his last clo- his last closing comments gonna be like no it's not the same wavelength you guys suck yeah. Yeah. i actually yeah. i actually unsubscribed while we were doing this I no, longer will listen to your podcast. no i had a blast and it was a ton of fun thanks for having me absolutely well guys we'll talk to you later see ya see ya